Antiseptic, stale, warm, heavy, and sickly sweet. Death has a smell, not like the stench of a bloated corpse. That's not death, that's decay. Death is a process, meaning once you're dead, that process is complete. The smell of death is what lingers in the air around someone who is at the edge of that precipice, waiting to fall. If you're lucky, by the time you're that far gone, you can hear the tide lapping against the shore of the unknown in the distance. When the front door whined open, Carla's chipmunk chirped a greeting. Hello, Mabel. I'm Carla. Lola called for me earlier. He's awake. Seems lucid today. Don't know how long that'll last, though. Good luck. Mabel led us through the house and ushered us into the sick room of Ralph Sandrin. I sat down and reached out to get my bearings. Found a small table at my left, Carla at my right, sitting in another chair. And when I felt in front of me, encountered the side of the bed. The deathbed, as it were. I'll be right out here if you need me. Ralph Sandrin wasn't speaking. I had no idea if the guy was lying there in a puddle of his own spit or propped up on a pillow, staring directly at me from behind a haze of morphine. You awake there, Chief? What do you want? It was quiet, a little breathy, but sounded like it had some power behind it. We got a bomber out there who doesn't like the fact that Carla here bought the Osceola. You know anything about that? Ask that pissant son-in-law of mine. Or the suits that make the cereal. Something tells me that pissant doesn't have it in him. I can't picture the suits at the plant selling their hands with bomb components either. Someone with a vested interest in doing it at their behest with the hope of getting something in return. That I can see. But bombs followed us to Detroit and back, Mr. Sandrin. That doesn't feel like business. It wasn't that big a deal. This feels personal. Maybe someone doesn't like her. <laughs> Plenty of people don't like Carla, but I think this is Reed City related. You've been around a while. Where can I find the bodies? Unless they're buried somewhere on your property. In which case, I'd understand the inclination towards stonewalling. Outsiders don't do well in this town. You were an outsider. Why did you leave Illinois? From what I read, your family was comfortable there. Your wife was active in the community. Better pay. Why did two Reed City cops arrest you for drunk and disorderly in 1978? One of whom was the first responder in the Jill Reynolds murder. The other was suspended a month earlier for assaulting two cops. Because I was drunk and being disorderly. That one snatched a smile out of me. So, good relationship with law enforcement then. We stayed out of each other's way. Why did the council fire you? Carla clearly had a list she was working from because she was quick on the draw. People want things done. Then they get squeamish about what it takes to get there. Get things done, like, oh, I don't know. 
A building demolished by way of bomb? A building that was sold to someone it wasn't supposed to be sold to? That sort of thing? Or shutting someone up by way of blunt object in the basement of a hardware store? Exactly how does this town operate, Sandrin? <coughs> that girl... Maybe spoke to her three or four times. Worked with her mother, Marlene. Good stock, that one. Motherly type, but no dummy. Good at her job. Went to church every Sunday. Baked a mean cherry crisp, if memory serves. I liked her, Marlene. Doubt she'd say the same about me. Why is that? My job was to get things done, run interference. That sometimes ran counter to what other folks thought was their job. I never minded stepping on toes. Who do you think killed Jill Reynolds? Hell if I know, most people think the husband. I'd look at the store owner too. He was a little squirrely, flew under the radar. I don't think most people know much about the guy. Tell me about the cop that assaulted the state trooper in the bar next door a month before the murder. Pass. What do you mean, pass? You can't pass. Tell me. Nope. Pass. Okay, now I need you to cough up something about this hotel. With that family, I'm certain you have some stories. I don't know anything. You're confusing my desire to not get caught up in anything involving cops with me having information. He was a cop with the city PD. Buddies with the first guy to get to the rental scene that day. The guy who bungled it. I doubt the city report even exists. Chief had a big bonfire in his backyard when he retired. We all drank a lot, sometimes at the bar, more often at the Osceola. I remember having to go to his room to make a call once during a New Year's Eve party. It was loud downstairs, and I needed to check in with my wife. He told me to go up and use his extension. Carla shifted in her chair and the barrage of clicking abruptly stopped. Wait, the cop lived at the Osceola? That was an interesting tidbit, given that's where Carla ended up in a dumbwaiter. Someone who lived in that building might know their way around the place. Always figured whoever stuffed her there probably knew the layout. I'd been thinking former employee, though. Yeah, a few of the locals had rooms there. It wasn't a very busy hotel, so the owners rented a few rooms on a long-term basis. The police chief had a room there, too. His was for dalliances. I see. Another thing to toss into the need-to-look-into file. Why were you interested in buying that hotel, Sandrin? I hear you were one of a handful of locals who looked into it. A lot of good times in that place. Made good memories. 
The restaurant served great food, cheap. There was a bowling alley in the basement. It was a fine establishment. Don't make them like that anymore. But it was always an upstream battle. Would have been a money pit. Guess I just wanted it back the way it was. Sounds like the good old boys had their own little nest of debauchery, right under the nose of everyone in town. It wasn't like that, not really. Some of them used it as a place to hide from their wives, sure, but it was... His voice straggled into nothing, and I sensed he didn't want it back so much as to be back. Back to the good old days. We didn't get much more. The man seemed to sink into a profound melancholy, but Carla's chipmunk had something it wanted to say before we left. I've read a bunch of city council stuff and what I can't get over is how Jill's mother sat there in those memes, week over week, taking notes about potholes and millages. And at no me did the council ever bring up the topic of her daughter's murder. Not once. Not a single word. Can we provide any assistance to law enforcement? Any new ordinances need to be passed with regard to security? Nothing. There sure were a lot of closed memes around an unnamed municipal employee right around the me of the assault at the bar next to the hardware store. Cops are municipal employees, right? She didn't mean it as a rhetorical statement, but he made no move to answer. It was clear we weren't getting more out of him, so we said our goodbyes, thanked Mabel, the charming attendant, and headed out. All right, let's go to the hardware store and see if they've made any headway with those receipts. I climbed back into her car. Hey, is it brighter outside now? It did get sunny, why? I could see a distinct difference in my muddy field of vision when we exited Sandrin's house. Like when you walk into the sunlight from the shadows with your eyes closed. What you get is the yellow-orange of the backs of your eyelids. Or so it appears to the viewer, once the message is transferred from the brain to the optic nerve. I'm just guessing about that, by the way. I figure that's basically how it works. The peepers did seem to be getting better at blob discernment. Nothing, just wondering. I think my eyes are adjusting. The blobs are lighter now. Hey, look, that's a tree we just passed, right? On your side? Are you typing and driving? I swiped around where I thought she might be holding the phone. Dumpster, behind Pompey's. The car jarred to a stop. Let me out. Uh-uh, uh-uh, huh. I yanked the handle, but she had the door controls on her side, and I was locked in. Mm. Damn it, woman, unlock this. Mm. Mm. I felt her lean over my lap, reaching for the phone that apparently fell to the floor near my feet. God damn it, Carla. I hate that goddamn phone. She braked harder than I think was necessary into a spot in front of the hardware store. Less than a minute later, which wasn't that many steps from where we'd been slumbering as of late. Sandrin only lived one block down and a few streets over. Our drive time was less than two minutes. What met us when the hardware store door opened was a wall of warmth in a groan that was loud enough and projected with such feeling that I not only immediately knew who'd made it, I barked out a guffaw in the direction from whence it came. 
I wish I could see your face, Price. Don't get me wrong, I feel your pain. Which is why I feel cheated out of my rightful entitlement to see every grimace and jaw roll you have to offer while in the presence of my trusty sidekick. I shouldn't be the only beneficiary of her daily irritations. We should all be required to partake. You are fucking fishing all for now. We just stopped in to see if you found anything on that receipt you were looking for. Whatever we may have found regarding the receipt is a police matter. Okay, Price. Play this how you want, but you and I both know Lash is involved in this case, and he'll get me the information if you don't. Feel free to ask him, Detective. Now, if there's nothing else, I'd be happy to escort you from the premises, as I've further instructed the Bowers to refrain from allowing you or anyone else access to the basement. So unless you're here for some tub caulk or nails, I believe your business here today is complete. <laughs> Don't bother with your clicks, Carla. Gotta say, Price, this will make me less apt to put the kibosh on any further nutty ideas my pretty assistant might have regarding our investigation into the murder of Jill Reynolds. Since we're done trading back scratches, I guess it's every man or detective for himself. Come on, Carla. I slice through the air with my fuck stick. On to our next stop. Do I need to put a tail on you, Morneau? I assumed you already had, Price. As soon as we walked outside and onto the sidewalk, I pulled out my phone, knowing full well Price could see me through the glass window. I swiped and stabbed in the areas the kid had taught me and ordered, Call Lash. I can't believe this guy. I'm kidding me. Lash, I'm at the hardware store. Tried to get some info about that part from Price. Don't bother. I'm getting stonewalled now, too. My replacement called me an hour ago and suggested I put my fishing expertise to good use. They want me to leave it alone. Oh, no. Look, he's leaving. Carla had a hand on my arm and started tugging impatiently. I heard the hardware store door open and footsteps walk around us. Have a nice day, Detective, Mrs. Danny. Who's handling the bathroom bomb on that end? I yelled into the phone. Now completely sure that bomb and the hotel bomb were related. And it was likely we were getting a little too close to figuring out how for Price's comfort. Why don't you two leave the bombs to the feds and distract yourselves with the homicide? If it's distraction you need. I can't believe I just instructed you to pilfer around in one case just to keep you from causing trouble in another. I appreciate your help, Lash. Take that advice and go fishing. Better yet, surprise the wife in Vegas. Might earn you some brownie points. I sent you the informal profile I got from my Fed contact before everyone stopped answering my calls. I just emailed it a few minutes ago. Keep me in the loop. I assume you understand that means only if the situation is emergent or the case is solved and you want a verbal pat on the back. You got it. I disengaged the call and slid the phone in my coat pocket. What do you say, Ono? Come on. We're done investigating for the day. I need a drink. Wait, what do you mean done? Done means done. So I guess that's what it means. Done. I felt around for the door of the bar and pulled it open, nudging her inside with the fuck stick. By the sound of it... The dinner crowd wasn't too shabby, and the place smelled even less shabby. 
My stomach growled. Where's Lola? Don't see her. What did Lash say? I heard Carla's purse drop to the floor by her feet, followed by the sound of groaning in her forehead pressing against my right thigh, as I assumed she meant to retrieve it. At least I hoped that was what was happening. Lash is off the bomb cases, which means they're probably related. Which also means you were probably targeted by someone who lives around here. That bomb part was probably bought from the hardware store, and Price knows exactly who it is right now. And he's hoping he can pull together a tight enough case for the prosecutor before we screw it up. Yeah. Almost forgot. You asked about that autoerotic asphyxiation case. Evidence team went into that building to get some more from the apartment. They dusted the thermostat. Didn't pull any prints other than the dead guy. But the M.E. said he'd been dead for a couple of weeks. Hang on, Lash. Hey, Carla, remember that case with the bloated corpse hanging in the closet? I seem to remember you saying you sent a summons to the guy first. Remember when that was? Uh-huh, uh -huh. my phone near hers as the chipmunk read what she'd typed. One week before we were there, I sent it by Sir mail and it came back three days later with return to sender. Go fuck yourself scrawled in red crayon across the envelope. I think he was on house arrest prior to that and got released the month before. Probably tossed it in the trash. The one by my desk. If not, check the wire basket on the desk. Also, when we were at the building that day, the super came out of what I thought was a janitor's closet at the end of the hallway near the dead guy's door. Right as we came out of the stairwell, like he knew exactly when we'd arrived. Seemed weird at the me. Maybe check in there. It's awfully close to the dead guy's apartment. You get that, Lash? Mm -hmm. Does it sound like he could have written a return to sender business if that came back to you a few days before? Muggs has an extra key to my office. Thanks. I'll call it in and tell him what to look for. Oh, one more thing. In the interest of tying up one loose end, I was able to get FBI confirmation that they pulled a print of that Molotov cocktail that was thrown through the window in the meanwhile. They've matched it to the guy they think attacked Carla in the alley before you guys got dragged to the Everglades. He's likely one of the two who grabbed you up. They're working to link him to Mercedes Sandoval, but I think we're clear as far as that one having nothing to do with Carla's other two bombs. Thanks, Lash. Good luck at the slots. The Dex Mordeaux series by Jenny Decker. Narrated by Greg Kreitz and Jenny Decker. Music by Blue Dot Sessions. <laughs>